Before we get begin tonight's show, episode 229 of the HHH Racing Podcast is brought to you by two sponsors. We welcome our new sponsor, BetUS. This is a fantastic sports betting and casino platform for all your big plays. BetUS offers up to 200 games per day and live betting, plus 300 to 400 different props to bet on. Use the promo code RACING3H, again, RACING3H, when signing up and receive a free 125% back if you deposit $100 or more. Again, free 125% back if you deposit $100 or more. Look in the description below the video player for the link. You must sign up. Uh, You must use, excuse me, to sign up. Of course, we got the big game this Sunday. Check it out. BetUS, a fantastic betting platform. And also, Crownsway Racing. This is a new syndicate for us. They're fantastic. Anthony Rollo is the managing partner of Crownsway Racing. You can see his email right there below, uh, right there on the screen. Also, their Twitter handle and their website, which I'm going to leave on the bottom of the screen. Feel free to write it down, or of course, you can watch this later. It is HTTPS uh, colon two backslashes sites.google.com backslash view backslash crowns dash way dash racing. Again, I suggest you, if you're listening to this, you probably want to check out the YouTube channel for information. They have shares, Crownsway, Crownsway Racing, excuse me, starts shares at only $500. This is a great starting price. They have no monthly bills, a flat 10% commission rate, no maintenance or purchase fees. You get paddock and winner circles access when your horse wins. They scored at 17% in 2022. They have two fantastic trainers, Kelsey Danner and Carlos Silva. They're very clean. They do a great job with uh, claiming horses and two-year-olds. They race the Mid-Atlantic, Florida, Louisiana, and the Midwest. And some of their previous successes, their most bus- the biggest success is a horse called Smokin' Jay, who was in the Jiper last year, grade one. This is a fantastic uh, horse that is a turf sprinter. They also have horses called Atago, who's also stakes play. So be a part of the next Crownsway star. Look below. Again, the video player for information is only a $500 entrance fee. Highly recommend you check out Crownsway racing. And now let's start episode 229 of the HHH racing podcast. Podcast, 
Hello and welcome to episode 229 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight. We've got a very exciting show. It's Tampa Bay Derby Preview Day. It's the Sam F. Davis. It's a grade three. Uh, there's points for the Kentucky Derby. Also, Wonder Wheel. The winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies is back in the two-year-old, excuse me, in the three-year-old race for the girls, the Suncoast Stakes. There's other stakes. It's a fantastic pick five Saturday at Tampa Bay Downs. Glad you could join us. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the corner of the screen after you do that. Smash that like button. We want 100 likes or more in this video, so please smash that like button. We'd great. Let's make it 200 likes. Why not? And then also hit that subscribe button. Uh, excuse me, the notification bell as well. When you hit that notification bell, it will tell YouTube this is a great show for everyone to watch and also tells you when new shows will be coming up. So hit the subscribe button, the like button, and the notification bell. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can listen to this on po- a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor. The Power Picks, wow. I mean, wow. Last week's Power Picks were huge, 12 to 1s. Seven to twos. How about a $2,000 score in a pick five? If you have not subscribed to the Power Picks, I'm telling you, don't take it from me. Take it from other people. Feel free to comment in the chat. If you belong to the Power Picks, please comment in the chat because we are rocking it out right now. Over $3 ROI this year. All the information is below the video player. It only costs you $4. That's it. $4 every Saturday. I, I don't know what you're waiting for. You are missing out completely. If you are not looking to our power picks below the video player, uh, check those out, please. I believe that takes care. No, nope, one more thing. Great website. Pete Visco runs a great website. And I'm going to bring him out in a second. I happen to look it over just to, you know, look and see new things. Pete Visco has done a tremendous job with this website, guys. There's all information that you could possibly want, different uh, menus. Check out our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. All right, now that I fumbled through half of the intro, uh, it's been a long week. Let's bring on some uh, co-hosts who are much more articulate than myself. First, from the great state of Maryland and the author of our wonderful uh, uh, podcast or uh, online, our website, I should say, Pete Visco. Man, I'm just screwing this up all over the place. And from the fantastic Commonwealth of Massachusetts, fresh off the basketball court, off of a trip to Florida. This guy's just all over the place. But now he's with us finally tonight. We've got the one and only Paul Halloran. Fly, Eagles, fly, Paul. Are you ready for Sunday? I am ready for Sunday. Yes, I am. I am rooting for the Eagles. And I have bet the Eagles several times already, and I'm not done yet. As long as uh, Dick Vermeil and the gang has the team ready and Randall Cunningham knows how to uh, throw the rock and a Wilbur Montgomery, I'm sorry, I had a, had a flashback to the 80s for all you old people like me out there. Uh, they've had some fun teams, haven't they, in the past? They sure have. Herman Edwards. Uh, Absolutely. Bad, bad memory for you Giants fans out there, but uh, <laughs> Herman Edwards. Uh, yeah, it, it should be, you know, hey, when you get a spread of one and a half, you're expecting a, a very good game, right? We've seen a lot of blowouts, but yeah. typically the, the line maybe indicates that you're going to get a blowout. So uh, I am uh, rooting for the Eagles because Philadelphia is much more much closer to Pete Bisco in Maryland than Kansas City <laughs> is. So Absolutely. Uh, Pete, has Jackson got to bed at the right hour last uh, night or two? I know we've been busy. Yeah. And, uh, I want to ruin the family dynamic out there. Mama can take care of it every once in a while. It's All not right. – 
you know, she can she can handle it. Not every night, but she can handle it. She's bitched and moaned about three nights in a row a few times, but she'll she'll get over it. Real quick, by the way, talking about the website, at the bottom of our homepage are, are links to all of our sponsors. So if you ever have, if you ever want to visit the websites of any of our sponsors and you can't remember the name or you can't remember the website, just go to the homepage on our website and at the bottom you'll see a logo for each. And then you'll be able to click on that and it'll take you to. And we added the new Crownsway link uh, the other day once once Kyle mentioned that they had a new website up. So it's on there. Here it is, Pete, if you want it. So just scroll. Yeah, the so if you scroll scroll all the way to the bottom and, and then right there, you can see our four. Oh, they're, so they're live sponsors. links. Yeah, so those are all live links. So if you want yeah. information from any of them, you can just go there if you can't remember what their actual websites are. No, that's that's fantastic. Here's the here's our website. I mean, you can look it over, folks. There's power picks. There's just articles. There's everything. An article I was I did not realize, Pete, that you wrote about uh, a horse that that you liked. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I figured why not just throw it on there. It's just sitting in a, in a sitting in a uh, on a file in a file folder on my computer for so long. Might as well put it somewhere where maybe somebody will enjoy it. Now that was cool, um, Pete. We talked a lot about the Super Bowl, of course, the last two nights. Ben and Boozin, if you guys have not checked this out, please check out Ben and Boozin. It's our new sports betting slash horse racing show. But this week we emphasized, of course, the Super Bowl. It's on our, uh, you know, go to our YouTube channel. They've had now six episodes. It's hosted by Cal Roscoe and two other fantastic uh, young guys who are up and comers and in, in, uh, Patrick Kunzel and Charlie Freeman who have strong opinions. And so, Pete, I thought they did a great job. If you want to know anything about props, the game itself over under. I mean, I learned a lot just watching two fantastic episodes this uh, yesterday and Tuesday, Pete. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. So if you're, if you're not up on what the, what the prop situation is, then the, the Tuesday show is the one for you. There were a ton of, there's a ton of prop discussions. And then if you just want game analysis and it's not just picks, it's, it's analysis, it's numbers, it's a little bit of everything than the Wednesday show. But, but basically every week, if you're, if you're into gambling and you're a degenerate and you want to bet on anything, then you follow that show. And eventually it'll be talking about, uh, talking about gambling on anything from football to basketball to whatever else comes up down the road. Paul, there are no degenerates that watch this show. I have no idea what Pete's talking about. I would like to say I resemble that remark. Yeah, I was going to say, I I don't, we don't want your nose to grow, Paul, right on the screen. So I don't think you need to comment on that one. Guys, quick shout outs. I want to give a shout out to Adelphi Racing. Got the new polo from Adelphi Racing. Thank you, Matt uh, Cutera. They've got uh, the, the stable star, Funny How, the, the uh, four-year-old New York bred filly is running this Sunday, guys, race three in a tough stake race. It's the Broadway stakes. It's seven furlongs. They're restricted for New York bred fillies. But a horse like Bank Sting and some really high-quality New York breds are running. It's Funny How's toughest test to date by far. She might be the longest shot on the board. It's only a six-horse field. Guys, she can absolutely get in the money. We'll talk about her a little bit later. But funny how for Adelphi Stable and the Broadway Stakes, guys, Sunday, 
race three. She is the five horse in a field of six. And also, sounds, want to like, shout a, out to sounds like a trifecta trifecta back wheel for you there, Howard. It sounds maybe it's not a small field. I think if it's a small a cold, field, though, it might be tough. Though I yeah. might do a yeah. cold punch exactly. Um, okay, that make that you know, mainly her in second, and maybe put her on top a little bit as well. But anyway, yeah. also shout out to Thurbed Retirement Foundation. Kim Weir does a fantastic job. Everyone there as well. We're big fans of theirs. I've donated them before. I know Pete and Paul are familiar with their work and that their aftercare is fantastic. So shout out to them. Let's bring real, real quick guys. We got, let's see who's in the house here. Nick Feldman got the bourbon and the PPs <laughs> out. Beautiful. Nick. That's a great combination. Deanne is here. Um, Sam, Sam of Davis is a tough one. Six. Wow. He's going six deep in the Sam F Davis. We'll talk about that. Uh, Trish only sports and casino wagering on. No, they've got darts. They've got, a whole bunch of other things. I'm assuming she's talking about Bet US. Trish, they've got um, many, many different things. Highly recommend uh, you check it out. They do have horse racing as well, but it's not like your ADW, but you can bet like future bets and a lot of other things. So um, highly recommend you check it out, Trish. Bet US. Patrick Kunzel, Power Picks. There you go. Thanks, Patrick. I know you've scored. Co host of Betting and Boosin. Uh, we got Racing Down Wind is here, crushing the pick five. Let's see. Penn State Scott. Most likely to happen. Eels win. Pete gets picked up by ESPN for his analytics. Wow. That would be cool. Howard takes Shrupp's job on FanDuel. That ain't happening. Todd does a great job. I No, that ain't going to happen. Maybe in, I don't know, 10 years. Who knows? Um, Nova rehires Jay Wright at Paul Raps' comeback game. Paul, thoughts there? In, an, in another day, at another time. Not quite. I think that ship has sailed, although I appreciate the sentiment. I'm, All right. I'm happy to get up and down the floor with the Division Three guys. And then we got, we got Michael Osen. Michael, you got to tell us how to pronounce your name. Is it Osen Osen? Michael, if you, I know. There you go. There's the Eagles fly. Michael, if you want, unless you don't care how your name is pronounced, if you want to, like, phonetically spell your name in the chat, that'd be awesome. Because I, I don't know about you guys. I feel bad. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I'm guessing it. Paul, you're the wordsmith. That That, that is, um, is that I'm Swedish? saying it's. I'm saying it's Austin with a That's Swedish, correct? I believe. Yeah, I'm saying there Austin. you go. Austin. Wow. Nice what? work, Paul. Dang, there you go. Well, Paul, Paul is sharp tonight already. He I is. feel it. I, I really, say it's Michael really Awesome. That's how good a viewer he is. There, there you, you go. go. You just ruin the show as always. <laughs> all right. Well, we can just end it now. Anyway. Um, all right, guys, let's get started. We got a lot of people watching tonight. We're very excited. The late pick five at Tampa. It's just the three of us. That's all you need tonight. Um, let's jump in. Now, guys, before I show the first race, um, Paul, you know what's coming up. Do you, do you know what I'm going to talk about first? Oh, let's look, boy, let's let's... talk about the weather forecast. Oh. Every time we come on, every time we come on, it looks like there's going to be rain and it doesn't develop. I, we got to mention it. There's a 70% chance of rain supposedly in the morning. Pete, if you could look, double check, Pete's looking up the uh, update. That's what I saw yesterday. Chance of rain in the morning. Um, and then maybe in the afternoon, it, it makes a huge difference because the last race of the sequence is scheduled on turf. And I also think there's some horses, guys, that would really benefit uh, from the wet dirt, especially in the Sam F. Davis. I bet you guys know who I'm talking about. So, Pete, you got an update on the weather there for Tampa on yeah, Sunday? I'm, I'm apparently, a little, I'm apparently o- a little Oldsmar, slow. Oldsmar, Florida. There you go. Town. Yeah, well, Pete, while he's that. looking that up, Paul, you want to quickly talk about your Florida trip real quick? Oh yeah, Gulfstream. Uh, Gulfstream was great. I mean, I love the new Gulfstream. It's not so new anymore, you know. 
a lot of people didn't like when they scaled it down and, you know, we can't host the Breeders' Cup anymore. I mean, that walking ring, as you know, how when you've been down there, you know, yeah. I just thought it was great. Friday, it was 85 and sunny. Uh, and back here in Boston, it was minus 10. So that was a good ratio. And uh, speaking of the weather, how it's Saturday, the forecast was pretty ugly. And it turned out not bad at all. In fact, there were times in the afternoon Saturday that the sun was out. It wasn't bad. Uh, Sunday com- turned out to be the complete washout. It rained all night, Saturday into Sunday. Uh, but I went to the track for all nine anyway. Don't worry. I, didn't, I don't <laughs> skip races. But As you said, uh, it was good. Day, the track is better than a sunny day anywhere else. So Yeah, and it was it was really good. I got a chance to get some work done on a project I'm uh, working on. So I took advantage of that. I saw Larry Colmas. I saw Eddie Gray works for Gulfstream, former turf writer for the Boston Herald. At uh, one point we had, Howard, at one point in Dave Joseph's office, we had four four former members of the New England Turf Writers Association together. Wow. Uh, Rich Fahey, myself, Larry, and Eddie Gray. So we were only missing our president, Jessica Paquette. Did you guys have some chowder? Some chowder? Uh, I don't I don't travel 1,500 miles to eat chowder when I can get it just fine here. No. <laughs> Pete, Pete, what's the weather update? Then we got to get to the uh, show here. To the, I uh, mean, it looks like about record. a 50% chance of rain with thunderstorms during the day and then – 80% at night, but I can't really tell the time of it necessarily. But, you know, thunderstorms are weird. It could be quick, you know, especially the Florida ones, you know, they could be those quick yeah, we'll have to see. downpours. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, we're going to handicap, okay. we're going to handicap speed. You know, me and Paul don't get all wrapped up in that. No, no I think Howard, they're going to try to keep that last race on, I think, based on, you know, you got two Chad Browns, a Clement, you know, there's turf breeding all over the place. So. I would and think there's also one only one AE, and it's a bad AE. There's yeah, only right. one, you know, thirty to one option, shot, so, right? Yeah, you know, there could be a lot of scratches. All right, guys, let's get to the pick five. I'm going to show the banners on the screen for the first race. Uh, there they are. Let's jump right in, guys. To boom, there we go. Starts in race seven. I love the fact it starts right away with a stake race, guys. I love it. Stake race. There's four stake races in this sequence, and the first one, uh, race seven, it's about three twenty-seven Eastern. It's the Minaret. This is for Philly and Mares. It's a purse of 50,000. Six furlongs on the dirt. There is a huge favorite. And forget this seven to five. This, this horse can be less than seven to five, in my opinion. The big favorite is the number five, Carmel Swirl for Mott and Alvarado. And you can see on the screen um, that we're all not going with the favorite. Pete. I don't Finally, know what's going you and I. There, are, how yeah, about I that, know. huh, Pete? You and I, I are thinking exactly <laughs> the same way for once. We are both not going with the big favorite. We're going to go with number two. It must be our destiny or my destiny to have you with the same picks as me. That's who you're going with uh, to start this uh, pick five, Pete. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 this is one where you know the the five is obviously the class. I mean, just based on class, figures, past form, everything. The hope would have to just be that you know, off a layoff since August, maybe she doesn't come back as sharp, and this is the this is the time you catch her. So with this too, my destiny. I mean, this horse is just red hot. Four straight wins. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to see that on the page. Seven out of nine at the distance. This one has, um, I really like you're going now from 77 buyer, 84, 90. So we're climbing the ranks. We're still not anywhere near where Caramel Swirl can, Caramel Swirl can hit on her best day. But again, if she comes back a little bit and this horse improves a little bit, 
then we're getting closer. It's tough for a six-year-old, but we'll take it. Um, Herman Walensky won two in this race in 2022, including this one who ran second. So I always like that. It's maybe a cheesy little angle, but I like the comeback in the same race the next year. Also, we're picking up Gaff Leone, who it's a huge rider upgrade. So I'll, I'll yes, take that here as well. And then um, I think this one tactically can just sit off. There's there's a bunch of speed. I mean, there's four horses in time form, 100 plus early pace. So there should be a little bit of speed here. And I think this one has the capability to sit off. So if the one goes, but if the one doesn't go and the two goes, looks comfortable enough to also sit you know, right on or right off the lead. Yeah. And before we talk about the big favorite, by the way, before we talk about any other horses, guys, let's put us on the screen. I forgot something. Ah, here we go. Okay. Anyway, we can't, they, they can't get on the track until we get the call to post. Um, Pete, I, I'll let you talk about the eight and then Paul, you'll talk about the five and I'll give my final opinions here. Um, I have a little bit of history with this horse. I'll tell you why in a minute, but we have this horse in third, Pete. I think this horse is live. I mean, again, this is, it's one of those, you look at the page. I mean, you see it on the screen there. You're going from the last race with motion. You're running in a 53 buyer now with Delgado, who's red hot, 84, 87, you know, wire to wire victories. I mean, that's a quick turnaround, a huge jump up, but this isn't, I mean, this is a $360,000 horse. So it wasn't like it was coming from, you know, some 20,000 claimer. I mean, it's just a horse that apparently had something to go for that sales price. And again, I always like the fact that if you're going to have a horse who's sort of fortunes and races turn around, there's at least some reasoning behind it. And here you could see the trainer switch was obviously the catalyst for this in whatever that did. And now it's just, she's on the improve. She's lightly enough raced. She's three for three at the distance, one for one at Tampa. And again, a a newly anointed four-year-old who's on the up, you know, the up and up swing. So if she keeps going again, she's going to have to move forward one more time to get to the level of say caramel swirl. But I think she might have a shot. I think she does. Now here's the quick history. So uh, you go two back at Gulfstream, Matt Miller, our good friend, Matt Miller was in Gulfstream that weekend. And I gave him, I tipped out this horse who was like eight to one or seven to one going to post and got bet down and didn't look nearly as good on paper. I mean, you can see what she did before. There are reasons why I liked her. I'm not going to get into the whole story, but Matt did his typical Matt Miller. Let's uh, put a few shekels on her. And it worked out great for him. Obviously, not only that, uh, Matt has a daughter named Olivia. How about oh, that? Perfect. But and she, he has two daughters. One daughter was at the track, but not Olivia. It was the other daughter was actually at the track. But Matt is actually, uh, Matt says he's actually going against his own daughter. Wow, in this race. If you're against, I prefer the two. I'm not sure you play Carmel Swirl for second. Seems like a good chance she's either right or not. And yes, Howard, I am fading Olivia. Um, fading, uh, have you ever faded a Jackson Pete in a race? <laughs> plenty of times unfortunately okay. how has it worked and, out for you well you know here and there it, okay at least my at least if they win my dad wins so at least even if i don't have it i know that he's cashing some tickets there you go it. So anyway something. olivia's in very fine form but she is mainly speed i don't see she's got to get break on she's got to go and she's got this race so yeah we'll she's got an outbreak by the way real quick delgado uh, small sample size stat seven out of nine wins eight out of nine in the money in non-graded stakes, either dirt or turf races in the past six months. So he's just been 
you know, red hot and he's done it, doing it at the stakes level, which is, you know, a, a plus in a race like this. Yeah. All right, Paul, you get to talk about Carmel Swirl. Now, I'm going to let you do all the talking here, and then I'll comment after you're done. Uh, the only thing I will say, preface your comments, is there's no freaking way, Paul, the source is 7 to 5. Th- this smells like 3 to 5 to me. Do, would you agree with that? I, I don't think you'll be over even money. Yes, I would agree. And and after banging my head against the wall and trying to figure out a way to beat her, um, I, I can see it, you know, I, I, you know, we always default to trying to beat the heavy favorite. And, you know, so if you want to say it's six furlongs and she's a seven furlong specialist, that's legit. Uh, if you want to talk about the long layoff, that's legit. But, you know, uh, trainer William I. Mott, uh, I heard he's pretty good with this type of move. Uh, he's had a couple of pretty good Saturdays in a row at Gulfstream Park. Um I think, Pete, you touched on the time form. Uh, I just think the race is at least as fast as it looks on paper, if not faster. And I I just think she gets, you know, she just comes and steamrolls them. I really do. Guys, here's how I feel. The minute I saw this race, I thought of one horse, and it's obligatory. This has so much of obligatory written on to me, Pete and Paul. It's crazy. Now, I could be totally wrong on Saturday, but let me just talk about the comparisons. And, Paul, you just mentioned a few. Remember, Obligatory is coming off actually a much shorter layoff than this. She's mainly a seven furlong horse, and it was Mott, correct? Carmel Swirl is coming off a long layoff. The six furlong scares the hell out of me on what could be a speed-favoring track. This is just a weird spot, Pete, for this horse to come back. It's only a $50,000 stake. Her workouts are slow. This is just weird. And Paul, to me, either she wins by five or she is not in first or second. And I'm, I have a feeling she's not going to fire her best. I don't, and I mentioned the reasons why. Paul, I'll let you talk about it. I mean, you, you, I think either you single the source and pick five or you toss her. That's how I feel because this is just a strange spot for me, guys. Really weird. I don't know. Yeah, but the, the one difference with her and obligatory is, with obligatory, you are guaranteed she's going to be last early. Okay, regardless. This horse doesn't have to be that far back. This horse has races where she's gone to the lead and then races where she's come yeah. from 7th out of 11 to win the Ravens run. Fair enough. So I think that's the difference. And then, you know, I'm looking at her last five races. She won three. And if she runs the race she ran in the other two where she didn't win, losing a good night olive and RRDO's jersey and Pauline's pearl, she wins. So, again, I'm not looking to hand out a a box of chalk to our loyal people here, but I just – I'm going to go the single route. And I totally get it, and and I could be a complete knucklehead, but Pete, this horse has never gone six, and she's got slow works on a track that could be speed favoring. I I, I will predict – I don't know if she's going to win or not, but there is no way in hell she's going to run a mid-90s race. I think she's going to run like a 90. Now, that might be good enough to win anyway. I'd be shocked if she runs a good number here, Pete, compared to what she's been running. That, that's all I'm saying. No, I could see that. And I guess if the if there was a little bit, all the competition behind her, even though we like a couple of the horses, they all have to move forward to get into her range. So she's going to have to they take do. a step back and they're still going to have to move a little bit forward. So I could see where I could see Paul's point of view, 100 percent where it's and that was for you, Kyle. I could <laughs> see where he can 
you know, she can move back and she can maybe not be as sharp as she could, but she sits off speed. And especially if any of these speed horses, because a couple of the speed horses are ones we like. And if they sort of hook up and get into something, then she's going to have a nice, easy trip and roll by. I wish the race didn't set up as well as it sort of looks on paper. For That's the, the problem. Guys. It sets up. Yeah, and, it sets up for it nicely. I didn't really talk about the my minaret. I'll just mention Pete that I like that. It looks like she can rate a little bit. I just see the two, um, my destiny getting a very nice trip. I don't know if she classes up. I don't know if she's good enough, but I like the fact that I think she can sit off a little bit, Pete, um, and she's improving. So those. Are my yeah, problems. I had I had the same thing. Is I think if the yeah. eight the eight has to go, the yeah. one probably has to go. So if the two just lets that happen and can get a spot behind those two, and yeah. they wear each other out and gets first run, then yeah. maybe Carmel swirls a little bit further back than she likes, and maybe's not as sharp. And maybe we get the jump on her and, and nail her at the wire at there a little bit of a price. Yeah. I remember talking about a horse that we hope we get the jump on and win uh, at fairgrounds a few weeks ago. I believe that worked out. Okay. This is it a different works, situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, let's go to race eight. By the way, we have a fantastic crowd tonight watching a uh, live. Thanks for watching us here on the HHH racing podcast. Please make sure you put any comments in the chat. We'd love to hear anything you have to say. Race eight guys, the next race, this is the boys version of race seven. This is the Pelican. It's six furlongs for the boys. This is $100,000, uh, like I said, going six furlongs on the dirt. This is, a, this is a nice field, guys. This is a big field, too. You got a field of 11. Oh, a Maryland bred there, Pete, on the bottom. Maryland bread. bread. Yep. There you Maryland go. Bread. I don't know if it's going to be paradise for this horse on Saturday, but anyway, <laughs> he's got, he's, he's got uh, some tough customers. The Moyline line favorite is the number five, Sibelius, for a Jeremiah O'Dwyer. And Junior Alvarado, a guy, Paul, that you got to know very well down in Florida last weekend. You see our picks on the bottom of the screen. Paul, we're going to go to you first. And you are chalking out with Sibelius, who is in very good form right now. Yeah, I promise I'm not going to do this every race. I, I don't want to steal Kyle's thunder picking all I'm saying we got to start calling you the Prince, of, uh, the Prince of Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, the only thing, Howard, that I will say that I had – a slight pause is boy in an era where we complain that horses don't run enough. How about this guy? 11 starts last year, almost one a month. And again, no break, you know, that would be my one area of concern. The horse is pretty much a once a month horse. There's not a layoff line on uh, the page on the 12, uh, uh, well, actually, anywhere on the page. I'll go down the here, here. Yeah, there's only all the way off line. That wasn't yeah, that which you have to go way back two year, uh, a year and a half. So yeah. uh, that that's my concern. Um, but you said it, how, you know, in form, and and I'm looking at the numbers, and you know, your horse Howard, I would say that has a you know that 93 kind of sticks out, and and some of the others have comparable numbers, but unless this horse is a little over the top. Um, you know, I, I just think, uh, I, I think he's kind of got this field over a barrel. I, I do think, and I picked them second, the three's going to take a lot of money. I, I like this guy. I know I picked him third. I, I like this guy, you know, appreciably better than the three. I'll be more inclined to try to get the three out of it and try to get maybe a price behind this horse. Okay. Uh, so by the way, some information on Sibelius, Paul, and people at home that you may not know, Sibelius has been invited slash nominated to the Dubai Golden Shaheen, which is the big six furlong race in Dubai in late March. So the, the connections are serious about this horse. The Dubai Racing Club thinks this horse is an up and comer. 
Um, he is rock solid. I didn't love him last time, Paul, to be honest, at Gulfstream and that tough Mr. Prospector. He got a perfect trip. We're not going to show the replay. Yeah, I agree. He was awfully good, Paul. He just stalked and went by real easily. So yeah, I just, agree, Howard. I I thought he was you know pretty beatable that day, and he yeah. he made that race look silly, didn't he? Nah, he was he was fantastic. The other horse you've got, um, Paul, that Pete's got third. I have nowhere in my top three is no K no from the rail for Fausto Gutierrez and Jose Ortiz. You want to quickly talk about this horse, Paul? Yeah, you know, good number. Put up a ninety last time. Um, Good. Uh, I think I don't think the rail would be a problem. Um, you know, no disrespect to Mr. Rojas or Mr. Morelos or Mr. Reyes or Mr. Vasquez, but a huge jockey <laughs> upgrade to Jose Ortiz, who's you know going over there for the day. Uh, obviously, we'll be talking about him later. Um, uh, you know, he did not run well in the aforementioned Mr. Prospector Howard. Uh, he didn't lift yeah. a hoof, which is probably why he's already run once in between. Uh, you know, Fausto is a uh, is a good horseman, known for his great job with Latruska, obviously. So, you know, and, and as I say, my strategy in the race is to live with what I can get on Sibelius and maybe get a price behind him. And this is my candidate for a price. Hey, hey, Paul, one thing. Oh, sorry, Howard. Just going to say one thing on the one. It's a weird one because um, he sort of bounces around from different distances. But if you only looked at the six furlongs and if that was his, if that was sort of his card was the six furlongs and that was his PPs, you'd be like, man, this horse is pretty good. He got an 88 finished third by a half. Then you came back and gets a win at a 92, then moves up a little bit again, gets a win at an, or it's a second at a 90. So it would be at least, I think, a little bit more reasonable. There wouldn't be as much sort of dirt on the page. Maybe you'd get a little lower than 10 if that was the case. Um, usually once a show, you guys have a little bit of a mishap. I mean, I screwed up half of the intros today, so I apologize for all the stumbling and bumbling. But when it comes to horse racing handicapping, again, Paul and Pete are as sharp as they come. But once in a while, they miss something. And in this case, it's the seven. I have no idea what you guys don't like. Well, actually, no, I know what you don't like. Let me try to convince at least... If not the two of you, maybe some people at home. Um, uphold the law. There are a lot of things I like about this horse. Obviously, guys, he needs to improve. No doubt about it. This is a very lightly raced five-year-old. He's a four-for-five lifetime. All he does is run well. Okay, he didn't run great at Colonial. Two back, fine. Other than that, he's been fantastic. Got a 93 buyer, which was a very live. That was a pretty tough allowance race. If you guys take a look at it. Omaha Red, higher standard. That was a nice race. And there's... Two things I really like about this horse, guys, um, on Saturday. Number one, I love the fact he's the best speed on the outside. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of speed in this race. I like the fact that Morales uh, can break and just look to his left and see what he's what's going to happen. Number one, and number two, guys, if you look at the bottom left, that 48 breezing is a nice workout, and Stidham is a little more on the conservative side. For this horse to run back relatively quickly in less than a month in this spot, to me, shows a lot of confidence. I really think Uphold the Law is fascinating. I don't know if he's good enough, but his numbers are increasing. And Pete and Paul, I think this is the fly in the ointment of Sibelius. I really like this horse. Any quick thoughts, either one of you? You don't have them, uh, this horse, in your top three, but maybe in your Bs or Cs. I don't know. 
Yeah, I actually have this one as a B. It was it was it was close to making the it was a competition between like three horses for the third spot. So for me, they were pretty much all equal in a sense. And I landed on the one, but definitely had this horse in the mix. Again, I do you're right, you have to class up a bit, but again, if you if you sort of toss that one two back, which I'm not sure exactly what went wrong there, maybe just the pace duel sort of got to that it a was little bit. Fast. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was quick four and change a colonial. Yeah. Off a layoff too, by the way, off a long layoff. Yeah. Now you're getting second off this yep. after off a, of a bit of a longer layoff. And that one was a very long layoff and you're getting yep. second off here. So, and again, you're going four to five, which you could definitely see a little bit of improvement four to five. So now I, I like this horse again, only, only three can make the board here, but that doesn't mean they're not going to be on a ticket. Uh, shout out to Chris alone. Chris, I don't think we've seen your name, Chris. Welcome to the show. We have, we're going to have a lot of new viewers, guys, because the Twitter was ablaze with our power picks last weekend. We have a lot of new sponsors and new viewers. We really cannot thank all of you enough. If you're a new viewer and you're watching us for the first time and you enjoy what you're listening and seeing, please spread the word. Look at our power picks below the video player. It's our tip sheet. We really think we, we offer a lot to the horse player. Chris alone mentioned that Sibelius ran huge numbers with Lasix Paul in the past. Now he gets back here. It was very good last time. It's it's Chris's single. I've got no problem with that. I only have Sibelius third, really for no other reason, because I'm trying to beat him. It's, it's not a good opinion. I'm going to just readily say it. He's absolutely the horse to beat. But there's other speed in the race. It's a track he's never been to. I don't know. By the way, No K No does have a race over the surface. As I go to the next race, guys, how much credence do you give horses that have raced over Tampa, which can be a bit quirky at times, Paul? Yeah, I, I think Tampa is one of those tracks where you probably want to pay a little more attention to that than others. Uh, it's typically a little deeper. Uh, I heard some there was some talk on I think it was Steve Bick's show today about, you know, one of the reasons Pletcher does well is he trains at Palm Beach Downs, which yeah. is a, a similarly deep surface. Um, uh, so yeah, I think Tampa is one of the places where you do want to pay. It's potentially an advantage to having a trip over. And if you are, you know, if you are trying to beat a horse as in this case, you know, that's certainly something you can uh, hang your head on. There you go. Real quick guys, before we talk about the next, uh, three races, there are a lot of people that weren't watching at the very uh, beginning of the show. I do want to talk about, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to take all you guys off the screen. My bad. Wow. Okay, let's try that again. Um, well, well, we'll all go off the screen for a second. Um, no, I'm going to do it this way. Sorry. BetUS. BetUS is a great new sponsor for us, guys. You can read on the bottom of the screen. It's a fantastic betting platform. They have three to 400 different uh, props to bet on. And most importantly, all the information is below the video player. When you sign up, you need to use the code RACING3H. No spaces. Racing 3H, and that gives you 125% free back if you deposit $100 or more. You can find out uh, below. Pete, I know, and Paul, we talked about the Super Bowl coming up. If you do not you know, belong to a betting pat- a platform, what's wrong, Pete, with getting at least 125 bucks free and, or more, of course, the more you deposit? Again, Racing 3H, this is the time to do it this week, Pete, with the Super Bowl. Yeah, might as well. I mean, this is, you could spend a bunch of money on Sunday, so might as well be spending some of their money instead of all of yours. Uh, absolutely. And then also, once again, and, and I know some people were watching earlier, Crownsway Racing Guys is a new sponsor. Here's the information below the video player. This is a fantastic syndicate. If you don't have 
big bucks, you want to be a horse owner uh, like me as of last year. Crowns weighs only $500 entry fee. All the information is below the, um, you know, at the bottom of the screen there. Tony Rollo does a great job. You can enter only for $500 and start owning horses. Their best horse is a grade one horse um, uh, who has won uh, turf races. He's really good. Smoking Jay, he's a turf sprinter, a grade one quality. They have other really good horses in their barn. And they're starting something called Series E, guys, which is going to be claiming horses and um, younger horses as well. So I really recommend everyone look into Crownsway Racing, guys, another new sponsor for us, um, and Tony Rollo. They're actually going to be with us, guys, next week. Tony Rollo and a few other surprises. We've got to talk about Crownsway Racing next weekend. And you did an episode with Tony already, right? I did. So we, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but there's one in our archives where I, yeah. I assume you got into, you know, remember we got into some of the – some of the nuts and bolts of what they do. So if you want to go back and check that one out, that would be helpful too. Yeah, absolutely. Check that out for sure. Uh, all right, guys, let's go to race nine. Race nine on the bottom of the screen. This is where the three-year-olds, guys, this is where it gets fun. We got Kentucky Oaks prep and then Kentucky Derby prep. Both of them have points to those prospective races. Let's talk about first about race nine. It's the Suncoast Stakes. This is for the girls, 150000 in the kitty, they're going a mile and 40 yards. It's a very short run into that first turn. Pay attention to that. And the morning line favorite, guys, is a big morning line favorite. Deservingly so. This is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly champion, the number one Wonder Wheel, making her three-year-old debut. Mark Cassie, Tyler Gaffleon, the other uh, heavy, um, the horse that's going to be bad a lot is the outside horse, the number nine, Julia Shining for Pletcher and Sayas. Horses we've talked both guys a lot about, especially uh, especially Julia Shining as of late. Pete, we're going to go to you first. That's who you're going with. You're going with the minor upset um, for Pletcher and Sayas. Yeah, I mean, I this is this is my kind of horse. He's a, a deep closer. I, I always like that. And I think the one thing with Wonder Wheel, even though she was the two-year-old Philly champion, she doesn't tower over fields from say a speed figure standpoint when I mean, you see even in the breeders cup juvenile philly she got an 83 which is which is doable so if she for some reason was just better and doesn't really improve then that's a very beatable sort of number and i think julia shining two races in i really like the race <laughs> i really like the last one even which though one you want to show because they're they're similar and i mean they're I'm both sure similar. you'll mention the kickback and just it's crazy with this horse well, that was, ex- that was exactly the, the notes I had. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that, yeah, you see her on the inside there in the back taking direct kickback and, you know, maybe doesn't love it. And that's fine. I mean, it's her it's her second race. It's the first yeah. time in the slop. First time going going long and she's going a mile and an eighth. You know, you're going from seven furlongs to a mile and an eighth and you're in the slop and you're taking kickback and you're way in the back. I mean, Peach, and, uh, she's all out right here. Like, yeah, all I mean, out. Okay. If there's yeah, any yeah. other horse, you would say this horse is completely done. I mean, she is absolutely all out right here. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what's funny when I was watching it, because I hadn't watched the race in a while, and I was like, man, I don't remember it looking this tough. But, yeah, as you're watching, he's like, I guess, you know, sometimes if they're not taking to the surface or something and you don't know how they feel, but then look at her. She just sort of kicks in. <laughs> and she doesn't – I mean, the 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 whole affirmative lady who runs second runs a, yeah. a monster race as well. But she took all the brunt of everything and still, you know, won comfortable – not comfortable, but, 
you know, she won as the best horse in the race. And that's just going to be, you figure a jumping point from an experience standpoint, from an adversity standpoint, she's only going to get better from there. And again, if wonder wheel, maybe sort of just levels off as opposed to taking a big step up, then this is a horse that I want to root for. Yeah. She's really long winded and she looks like she could run all day. I mean, um, Paul, she's got like, uh, uh, personal ensign stakes at, at, at Saratoga written all over her. What, I think that's a mile and a quarter race, if I recall, Paul, in the summer at Saratoga. Uh, but this is only a mile and 40 yards. And that's the concern, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's an, it's an outside post. Uh, uh, Paul, I'm going to let you chime in. You've got this horse on top. What are your concerns with uh, Julia Shine, even though you have her on top, Paul? Well, you know, the number is going to have to go up, obviously. You know, uh, she had two, the, the 71 and the 70. Uh, you know, you showed that last race, Howard. I got to tell you, somehow no one does that better than Louis Sayers. Yeah. He puts horses under a ride at the three-eighths pole like no tomorrow. And, you, and Howard, I agree with you. You're looking at it saying, oh, this horse has got to be done. Look how he's riding them. But he gets the damn horses to finish. It it happens again and again and again. Um, and if the rain does come, by the way, you know, based on what we saw on the screen – and based on the breeding of this horse, then just don't even don't even consider her losing. I don't think. Yes, yeah, Paul. Here's the weird thing, though. With a sl- if they seal it, it depends on what kind of slop. If it, if it's if it's really sloppy, that's not going to help her with kickback situation. If it's like sealed, I, that would help her. It's it's weird. Like I agree with you. It's a four forty six Tomlinson. And she's one on wet, but doesn't that create more kickback though, too? So to me, it's I don't know. I don't know. I okay. I see my guy. I see my guy Curlin's name there, Howard, <laughs> and I think of being at Monmouth Park for the 2007 Breeders' Cup Classic, four to one. By the way, if you could play one race over in your life, Paul, what one would it be? The 2007 Breeders' Cup Classic. <laughs> And I by hit the, it pretty good, by the way. By the way, um, Paul, Dreaming of Julia has uh, three for three wins, uh, her progeny, or three for three wins on the wet as well. Oh, yeah. So it, you're getting Dreaming of yeah. Julia has the and, same, just less, Wonder just Wheels, less of it. Wonder Wheel's okay, though, too. And, and I will tell you this. I was not – it was a popular opinion to be against Wonder Wheel somewhat into the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Fours. I was, I, was, <laughs> I was not. I was – I had this horse as an A on my ticket that I didn't hit, but I did have this horse as an A. Um, I, I think today is the uh, – Saturday, rather, is the day that you be, if you're going to beat her, you beat her. I think she's going to okay. get better. Uh, I think, Pete, you bring up a good point. Uh, there's every reason to believe that she might not throw a, a mid-80s in her comeback race. Um, I'll be honest with you, I, I think there's as good a chance as beating her today as there is on the uh, first uh, Friday in May. Let's get some comments, guys. Nick Feldman said uh, that this is true. Cassie did say Wonder Wheel is the best two-year-old he ever trained, and that's something that's saying something since he had Classic Empire. I think it was the best Philly. I'm not sure if it was two-year-old. But I could, Nick, you might be right about that. Um, Matt Miller, let's see. Matt Miller commented that I uh, <laughs> uh, think it's close to 56, tied to Nick uh, Nick Feldman. Paul, I have a sneaky suspicion your ticket will cost less than $25. Hmm. <laughs> I'm finding it fun to handicap your handicapping. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Matt, by the way, was also in Florida uh, recently. I think he's home now, so welcome back home. He was actually in the Tampa Bay sort of vicinity. So, uh, uh, Matt, I hope you had a nice time there. Uh, let's see here. 
Um, I'm just looking at some other comments. Okay. Yeah. One Nick. Nick, uh, oh, made Nick, one Nick also talked about the pace, the early and the early pressing. Uh, those those are um, pace uh, figures we're talking about. There are winning at 38 percent, 45 percent in Tampa. So going two turns. So Nick is simply saying, Pete, that it's better to be up close, suggesting that it'd be tougher for Julia Shining. Yeah, and I mean, actually, Nick made one other comment that I thought was good, where Wonder Wheel was really impressive because everybody thought the reason why she might not win the the juvenile Phillies was because she wouldn't be able to get an uncontested lead, and she winds up being in the back of the pack and and closes like all the other horses we thought were going to do. So her versatility was key, and and yeah, again, in in some of these races, especially when you're depending on a closer and a deep closer, you're always at the mercy of what's happening up front, and that would be the detriment of betting on Julia shining is that you're going to need pace. You're going to need a track that's allowing for a closer. So I I think you just comes with it and you're getting maybe a little bit of price with that, you know, with that built in already. The $56 comment came from this comment from Nick that said the pick five is either going to pay 25 K or $56 with all these heavy favorites. You got wonder wheel. You got, uh, well, Julia shining is not going to be fair, but you got wonder wheel, Sibelius, um, and then Carmel Swirl. So um, it's something I'm going to talk about in the Power Picks, guys. This is a very interesting betting situation on Saturday and what you do because there are a lot of heavy favorites and you can construct tickets many different ways. The only thing I'll say about Wonder Wheel, guys, is I would have gone against her for all the reasons you mentioned on Saturday. This is a great post. It's a short run to the first turn. She's going to save ground. I agree, Pete. She might not run in mid-80s. I don't think she needs to. I mean, other than... Julia shining. This field is just mm. not real strong. Someone's really going to have to step up. I think she can run a, you know, a 78 and still get the job done, even though I don't think she's going to run a 78. I think she'll run a nice race. She's been working well. I think wonder wheels real obvious real quick on the eight uh, Pete or Paul. We all have this horse in the mix. Actually, Pete doesn't, but Paul, the eight ticker take home a ticker tape home. I watched some replays. I don't know if she's going to handle the dirt, this is a nice horse, and here we go. It's the other Cassie. Have we heard of this before? Yeah, and, and you know, when it comes to horses changing surfaces, I, I just think it's less of an issue. Mark does it probably more than anyone. You know, he, he starts horses on the turf who he thinks going to run on dirt originally, uh, eventually, and vice versa. Um, you know, certainly, you know, the Warfront Dam Sire indicates turf. But, you know, uh, a medalla, uh, by Medallia Doro says yeah. that he should be able to run on dirt, right? And, uh, yeah, I, I just thought I thought this horse was a little interesting as a price. You know, on an ABC uh, scenario, uh, it would yeah. probably be a C. But for an underneath play, uh, you know, with, with one of the big guys and trying to beat one of the big guys, um, you, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the sequence later, Howard. But, yeah. you know, you have to make some decisions. Well, and whoop, as I get a little blurry, which happens sometimes. Okay, I'm, oh, it'll, it'll, it'll straighten itself out. You don't feel um, the need to get closer to the yeah, screen at all. Do yeah, not well, feel I, the need I, to I, it's, it's actually <laughs> beneficial. We're it's good. actually <laughs> beneficial. Yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> Evan's like, no, really, don't. Okay, no, no, anyway, no, sorry back. about that. It'll, it'll, yeah. I, no, I think it'll adjust eventually. <laughs> anyway, uh, people look at the bottom of the screen. They see that CAA. That's Cassie's own training center. So, obviously, he... The horse is ready to roll, guys. Let's go to the feature. The feature of the day. It's the Sam F. Davis, guys. This is, let me switch over the banners so my wonderful friends can see who picked what here. Um, It's a grade three. This is points for the Kentucky Derby. I believe the points are 50, 20, 
10-5, I'd like to say off the top of my head, something like that. Um, $250,000, quarter million dollars. This is the prep for the Tampa Bay Derby. They're going to mile and 16, so it is a little bit longer than the girls' race we just handicapped. It's a big field, a huge field of 12 you see on the screen. And the Moyline favorite um, is a fairly big Moyline favorite, which I got to be honest, surprised me guys a little bit, is the 9-5 to five, uh, Dubinell for Gargan and uh, Jose Ortiz. This is a very logical horse, but none of us have this horse in first or second. Paul, let's go to you. You're going with the number 11, Litigate for Pletcher and Saez. Five to one in the morning line, Paul. I've got a strong feeling this horse is going to be bet down to – I wouldn't be shot if this horse is even the favorite, Paul. I don't – this five yeah, to one is completely ridiculous. I'm sorry. Yeah, if he's five to one, Howard, I might – and doesn't win, I might not have any money left to bet the Eagles again on Sunday. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think, you know, we talked – I touched on the fact that Pletcher does well here. This is why Saez is, you know, Saez is coming over uh, to ride this horse. Uh, I agree. You know, Danny Gargan is either a genius or, you know, he, he could have uh, run this race, run this horse back in New York, pointing toward the wood. The horse obviously likes Aqueduct, um, chose to ship uh, the horses. Uh, well, he's been down here, but chose to keep him here uh, for this race as opposed yeah. to shipping back to New York. Um, I don't know. This is the favorite I'm trying to beat. I agree with you. God, I hope Litigate's not the favorite, but I'm hoping we can maybe get half that price. I would I would take five to two. But let me say this. Uh, it, it's a somewhat open race. You'll see the horse I use second, who's going to be about a million to one, the 12 horse. Uh, I, I can see this race weird things happening. You know, it's a full field, um, going a mile on 16th, uh, we don't know what the track's going to be like, so. But I, I do like, uh, I do like Litigate in this spot. Uh, oh, this really was Litigate's do. last race. Now, Cyclone Mischief was fantastic. The three horse in this race. You saw Cyclone Mischief last weekend. Did not run very well at all in the Holy Bowl. Here's Litigate uh, on the outside, losing the Cyclone Mischief. As we watch this race, there's really not much to say from a trip standpoint. But Paul, what do you do if because Cyclone Mischief handled Litigate? Uh, you see Cyclone Mischief got out to the, you know, was in the inside and won easily and then threw in a clunker. But to me, Paul, I don't think that's really a negative against Litigate in this situation for me. How do you feel about that? Well, let me say this. I did not like Cyclone Mischief in that race. I really, really liked Mott's horse, Rocket Can, who won the race. Uh, actually had a chance to meet in person Frank Fletcher for the first time, who okay. I've interviewed on the phone many times. Great guy. But I will say this. Tyler Gaffleyone's a great jockey, Howard. That was not a good ride on Cyclone Mischief. Cyclone Mischief broke sharply, and Tyler really worked to, to, to wrangle that horse back. Uh, Steve Are you talking Vick about Litigate now? I'm sorry. You're talking about no, I'm talking about, about in, the whole, in, in the Holy in Bull. The, I'm sorry. In Paul, the Holy God. Bull. Yeah, not yeah. this race. In the Holy Bull, he the, the horse is – Steve Vick pointed this out this morning, and I couldn't agree with him more. Yeah. The horse broke pretty sharply. He, Tyler really made an effort to, to take him back. And then, you know, and then he was pretty bottled up all the way down the back stretch. And now after all that, you know, after uh, almost a mile of that, you're going to say, okay, now let's kick it in. Now, I don't think he was winning that race. I, like I say, I didn't like him, but there's no way he's as bad as that race is going to look on paper. So I wouldn't be overly concerned 
with litigate losing to him like that because uh you know cyclone mischief still put up i think it was a 90 uh a 90 buyer i believe that race so that he came yeah. back fast so um again i i think cyclone mischief's race was not quite as bad as it looks okay and uh i do think litigate's in a good spot here I've got. And I use the twelve right there, Howard. The twelve is going to go to the lead and keep going and going and going, <laughs> and get caught by litigate. All right. Well, we'll talk about Zydeco in a minute, uh, Pete. I've litigate second. You have him nowhere. My only concern. Listen, Todd knows what he's doing. Obviously, he mentioned. I think on our interview, Paul. I think he mentioned this horse wanted to stretch out. I'd have to go back and listen to the interview, which was a great interview for those of you. Watching tonight, if you have no idea what we're talking about, Paul and I had a one-on-one interview with Todd Pletcher. It's on our website. Uh, check it out on the YouTube channel. I don't like the fact he didn't finish real well, Paul. That's a minor concern to me. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I, I rather prefer him finish second or third, you know, striding out well and finishing well. I, I didn't get the impression by the last race that he wants to stretch out, but what the hell do I know? Yeah, I mean, it, you you may be right, but boy, blame out of a mine shaft. Yeah. yeah. Well, the song the, I mean, it was, the damn it really was, was too that the move that litigate made too. Maybe took a maybe it was just not used Fair to enough. that move and took a little starch out of. I mean, I I don't have this one in my top three, but this was a race where I was probably about. Well, there six, you go, Pete. All, Sorry, you can see on the screen. Even. Pete, this, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, you, look at that. I'll let you talk. Look at the second quarter for litigate. This is exactly. Please educate our viewers here and, and listeners about the, what we're seeing on the screen because not everyone could see what we're looking at here. Yeah, and if you see in that under the half, you can see that Litigate went 22 and 11, which is super quick, especially making a move that early into a race when it's sort of yeah. your first time first time routing. You make that move, and you're making that move wide as well into a, a pretty good horse. So. Yeah. That was tough, and I just wonder. And now you're getting Sayas again. Maybe Sayas will have a little bit more, a little bit more patience this time. So, I mean, I have no problem with Litigate. I was a little worried. I, I'm not great with the lead changes. If I recall, in both races, there maybe would have been a little bit of yeah. lead change and a little greenness. So I just didn't know if maybe this one out of the eleven hole, if he's still a little bit green and is still trying to figure himself out then maybe that's a reason why, again, they were all, there was about five or six. Somebody mentioned that earlier. They were all basically on the same line almost for me. And you just have to yeah. cut it down to three for the show. But um, <laughs> this one was right there for me. And and the 12 as well. I'm with you, Paul. I, I was, I was knocking on the door with this 12, but I actually went with the one who, who we beat last time as actually one of my horses. I agree. I don't, Paul, I, I, I hope Zydeco does well for you. I just I don't see how this horse clears. And even if he does, this is a tougher field. I, I don't see it. But listen, if he can get out there, why not, right? We've seen crazier things, especially at Tampa Bay. So I got no problem with you using this horse. I think, you know, if, if you like, if speed's playing well, especially. Pete, you're going with the two. Uh, the two is Prairie Hawk. Now, this is a horse that was in a very short field along with the number – five Groveland. He is triple count nominated. Guys, it's nice to see this little banner, right? Now we know he's triple count nominated. 
because that costs what six hundred six hundred dollars, I think, Paul. And now it's gonna, yeah. it's going to be six thousand in a few weeks, if I if I recall. But Pete, what do you like about this horse? Too. I mean, this is one that's, uh, again, they're all pretty lightly raced. This one's lightly raced on the improve. You see, uh, again, we talk about what makes what makes a horse improve. And is there something that maybe caused that? This one, once he stretched out, and even though, again, there were two really short fields. So, again, that could just be a benefit where maybe in a deeper field he's going to have some trouble. But once he stretched out and started routing, he just sort of came into his own and he went from a 51 to a 70 to an 80 buyer. And now here, I mean, you see, he's kicking, he's kicking pretty well here. I mean, Groveland is coming at him. And I mean, again, this was a race where I'm, I'm sort of, they're all on even terms for me. I did like a few things about this horse where I thought he was, he was working really well going into that last race on the 13th. He had, yeah. he had that nice 59 and four on the 31st, then a 47 and four went into that race, ran really well and then came out of it and still had two bang up works after that. So I like when they sort of come in strong race, well, hold their form after um, this one was a little set of metal thing. He's a half to quip who won the Tampa Bay Derby back a few years ago. Yeah. So I, I like that. I thought that was some good, maybe some good karma there or something. Okay. And two for, and we talked about Tampa and this one's got two wins over the track. So there's a few things there that I liked in a, yeah. in a race where I'm sort of all over the place and I had to pick somebody on top. I thought this one makes as much sense as anybody else. It's Windstar. Now, two races back, he came from behind. I don't think he's going to have the lead in this race at all, Pete. So I, um, I've got him uh, in the – I think I've got him as a – I've got him as a C right now. I'm going very skinny this this Saturday for reasons I'll talk about. But listen, he wouldn't shock me. He goes from a 70 to an 80. From a there's no world beaters in this race. There's no. I mean, this doesn't look to me – I mean, when I go through this field, I'd be hard-pressed if you said any of these horses made any sort of derby – contention yeah. or I, even if they if none of them even made the field it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me in all honesty so yeah. that's why i thought maybe we can get somebody at a price who's a little bit under the radar let me talk about my top choice guys now champion's dream lost horse to a horse ball he lost his zydeco last time um i think champion's dream is going to run a big race this is several mark cash has got a bunch tyler's on this one which tells me this is his best hope Look at the breeding, guys. The source is by Justify out of the Tappa Mare Dancing in Her Dreams. I mean, you would think this horse wants to go long. The Dancing in Her Dreams was a was a pretty nice horse there, as you can see, um, and had Dreamology, who didn't do much but was a distance horse. I think this horse wants two turns, guys. And he's got improving to do, but he did improve nicely in the Pasco. I understand that he lost to Zydeco, but he's been working well. I, I think this, it, you know, if it comes up sloppy, that might be a problem. I don't love, love this horse, but I feel about the nine, Pete, the sort of the way you feel about the two. I'm trying to find someone uh, to be WL. I just don't believe in that horse, which I'll talk about here in a second. And I went with this horse. It's not my, like, favorite love this horse, but I'm a little bit, I'm against WL. I'm a little bit against Litigate because of the visual that I saw. I'm trying to find someone else. This is a very tough race. Now, in terms of uh, W now, guys, um, when he broke his maiden, by the way, two back, he uh, beat by two uh, by about two and three quarters of length. A horse called Certified Lover Boy. If anyone knows that name, that's a horse I have partial ownership to. So, um, in a way, I hope this horse runs well because it'll keep flattering the form of my horse. But anyway, who cares about that? 
This 90 buyer, Paul, just sticks out like a complete sore thumb. He got a perfect trip in the Remsen. He ran well, but Arctic Arrogance, to me, is nothing special. I'm actually very against Arctic Arrogance on Saturday um, in, in the in the Gotham. It's the Gotham, right, on Saturday? The Withers, right? The Withers. The Withers. Withers. Sorry, the yeah. Withers on Saturday. What do you do with this horse, Paul? The 9-5, to five, again, to me, is completely ridiculous. I guess people are going to see the 90 and just think this is a monster, Paul. Is that what people are going to think? Yeah, the two wins out of three uh, and the 90, but I kind of agree. You know, I, I touched on it when we talked about uh, – when I talked about Litigate. You know, considering how this horse ran in the Remsen, you know, wouldn't it have been logical to send him to the Withers, mm-hmm. uh, which was supposed to be last week, by the way. It was right. frozen out and moved into right. this week. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Um, you, you know, the other thing, Howard, is the track condition. You know, this horse could be really, really good, but all we know so far is he's really, really good on a sloppy track. Yeah. Right? I mean, the the the, 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 may, the, the debut race, you excuse a debut race, but that's his only race on fast dirt. Yeah, so, but he did get a 70, which is not too bad. And lost no, to instant no. coffee. He was a nice horse. So I'm, I'm not ready to say, Paul, he can't run on, you know, on fast. Oh, I'm not either. I'm just saying that if he's the favorite, I think yeah. this is the type of favorite you're supposed yeah. to try to beat. I agree. And also, Paul, uh, you mentioned that I, I don't, I'll have to read some information about where he's supposed to go, but he was, he was in Florida and training down there. So maybe they just yeah. got to run him down there anyway, I would assume. Right. I mean, the, yeah, well, th- you certainly have more options, right? You could right. go to this race. You could could have yeah. gone to the Holy Bowl last week. You can go to the Fountain of Youth. You can go to the Tampa Derby. And yeah. the weather's a lot better than it is at uh, Belmont yeah. Park, where he would be stabled if he was it running is. in New York. Well, There's the, some the, love the on whole, the chat. The Holy Bowl winner was in that race too. Rocket can yep. that came that that race actually came back. That debut actually came back as a pretty pretty strong maiden special weight. Sorry, I think I, Matt I, Miller I makes a good there. point. The seven's another is either another single or an easy toss. I, I have no problem with either one. Uh, well, actually, I do. I would never single the source, ever, 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 mm-hmm. ever. There's a lot of love for classic car wash, guys. I watched both of his races, the last two races. I'll tell you what. He's got some talent. I know he's a Florida bred. By the way, by Noble Bird, not exactly, uh, you know, Monster Sire. Um, I don't know if he can win, guys, but this is the another Cassie. He looks like two turns is no problem. I don't know. You could do worse twenty ones than this horse, can't you? That damn. That I had a note in mind that the damn side was twenty six percent wins on in dirt routes. Wow. So this, yeah. I mean, it was none okay. of them were none of them were really. I, I sort of looked through them, and none of them were really <laughs> the high zero level. buyers. Must be what uh, is, is the key here for this day. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, that was amazing. Yeah. When you look at that, but none of them. There was no like high level horses or anything. It was just sort of consistently yeah. lower level, but still, it shows an affinity for for running a distance. So I'll, yeah. I'll take that where you can get it. No, I thought this was a this is a solid horse. I just think those last two are tough to gauge because I didn't think. I didn't think he beat much. So sort of the notes I had were he didn't really beat much. And then that last one, he just got on the lead and he set super slow fractions on the synthetic. He, I, in this race, honestly, if anyone won, it wouldn't necessarily shock me. I would just have to see it to put money on this one. But if you said you were going to put it underneath or, you know, in a try or as a seahorse, I have no argument against it. I, I've got him as a B right now. I, yeah, I just even, th- this is a very tough race, guys, and I think something some weird shit might happen in this race. I just have and now to- Nick Nick Feldman in the chat brings up some points about you know Maker running this turf horse, the one, and 
how he's done this move before with a long shot and hit the board. So okay. there's another X factor, you know, the, the one who's raced on nothing but turf. But there it is. You know, you, you got to remember. Read that, Paul? You want to feel free to read uh, the comments uh, from Nick? Yeah, he said either the last or two years ago, Maker had a turf to dirt in this race. Huge odds that ran in the top half. Okay. Uh, the Worthington horse on the rail is turf to dirt. The only thing I would say, you got to be very wary here. There is this thing called DFS. It's called Derby Fever Syndrome. <laughs> and people, if they have a three-year-old that can stand up and run pretty well from the stable to the feed tub, <laughs> there is a temptation to let's at least put our foot in the water to see if he maybe. And that's not, by the way. If I had a three-year-old who could do that, I'd be thinking the same way. So, you know, that might be the case with this Worthington because, you know, make it is an odd move for Maker, right? He's more likely to go dirt to turf than turf to right. dirt. But, you know, he's a three-year-old. Uh, he puts up a low 80s buyer on turf. He figures maybe he puts up a mid-80s here. And you know what? He gives us reason to keep going on the trail. And if not – we go back on turf and run them in three-year-old turf races for a while. So, Paul, I, oh, sorry, again. I was no, going to say that. That's, I think, the thinking there, Pete. I have this one as sort of a BC myself. It was close. Then a couple, a couple quick stats I had. So, Classic Empire, twenty-one percent wins in dirt routes, which is awesome, and also multiple graded stakes runners and winners. But then there was a couple negatives. I had Maker. 0 for 15 turf to dirt in graded stakes. So that scared me off a bit. And then the rail right now is 0 for 20 at this meet. So those that combination of those two things, at least those sort of threw me off a little Wait, bit. Wait, the rail going two turns is 0 for 20 at Tampa? I mean, I just looked up in here at the post positions for this. I mean, I just did winning post by position. And so I didn't do any sort of in-depth look at it. Wow. But if you look at the... Not a big sample yeah. size, but I'm still a little surprised anyway. I mean, they only there's, there's been 20, yeah, there's been 20 races, zero percent, and then everything. Okay. I mean, you have you had a better shot in the outside post, but then the highest at this distance. I, I mean, it's weird, but the highest one was only went nine posts out, so you don't have anything for the okay. for the outside horses. But well, yeah, so those those few things scared me off. But I sort of had I thought this one had a shot too. Again, you're taking a shot with a 20 to one, or why not? If the track comes up wet, I'm using this horse. If it's dry, I'm not. That's how I'm because turf horses can take to slop or wet tracks. That's that's how I view it, guys. Let's go on the last race. Now we're not gonna talk about the last race a lot because we don't know what's gonna happen. Now I we'd all like it to be on turf. It's scheduled for turf. There's a lot of turf horses in here. We're gonna give you though dirt and turf horse picks, everyone out there, because I feel like for the last for the payout leg, guys. It's really imperative that we, we be doing injustice to the viewers and listeners at home if we didn't talk about our dirt picks at all. Now, of course, we don't know who would be in the race if it was switched to dirt, but I think we would have a pretty good idea, guys. So let's go ahead to the last race. The last race is meant for turf as of now, of course. It's a maiden special weight, a mile to 16th, purses 27K. Um, it's for the girl, the three-year-old girls. Now, the Moyline favorite, is the number five financial advice. Of course, with that name, you know it's going to be Chad Brown and Klarovich and Jose Ortiz at three to one. Um, and there is one also eligible, the number 13, Dazzling the Moon, who looks impossible on paper based on connections and workouts and everything else. 
On the bottom of the screen, guys, let me bring us back full screen. On the bottom of the screen, everyone, the first three picks that you see are our turf picks. Again, our turf picks. In parentheses, you see our dirt picks. Again, of course, we're guessing. We don't know exactly who'd be in the race. Hey, Paul, Paul. We, have, we have exactly the same three in both instances, Paul. That's amazing in this race because this race is kind of wide open. That's kind you of You guys crazy. do a different order. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> well, the term for that, I think it's great minds. What's the rest of it? What's the rest mm, of it? Oh, think, think alike. Something. Yes, that's something right. Like that. That's right. That's uh, right. Let, let's, let's talk about uh, your top pick. I'm just switching over here. Let me go to here. Uh, Paul, we're going to go to you first here. You've got a guy that does pretty darn well with first-time starters on the turf, and amazingly, somehow, this guy wins at prices, too, and I'm having a little bit of issue. It's a Kalan horse. You're going with the number three, French bread. Let me get it up. There we go. I think it's pronounced Cirilla. This is a horse by Kingman out of a Royal Applause mare, so a ton of turf breeding here, um, but sort of slow works right now. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, again, there's, there's this uh, horse uh, in the two – uh, Chad Brown firsters, you, you have to look at as far as first timers. You know the breeding is just you know between Kingman the dam ha- the dam already has four turf winners. Um, you, you know a, a, an Irish sire, uh, an Irish sire of the sire, an Irish dam and a English dam sire. Um, and as you said, Howard, Christoph and Miguel certainly can have them ready to go. The fact that this horse is going to Tampa. A lot of uh, Chad Brown does it a lot, as you can see in this race. A lot of guys ship to Tampa to break them in, especially on turf. It, it is known as a very good turf course. So, you know, it's just a question of uh, is he cranked up? Maybe we can. Do we have to go back and listen to the Adelphi podcast and see if Miguel referred to this one? I would recommend. By the way, Paul, I'm having trouble remembering some of the babies of the dam. Oh, that's right, because one of them's called Amnesia. <laughs> it's on. It's on the screen, Paul. There you go. Paul didn't. Ca- Paul didn't catch it, Pete. I was waiting for him. No. To, whatever. I, I was. I was. Yeah. That didn't was, work out very well. I was ready, I was ready to, I was ready to duck off the screen when I when I saw where you were going with that. So I'm good. <laughs> I trying like, to concentrate on the I information. <laughs> I concentrate on the information I put forth to our viewers. Yeah, Stephen Rocco, by the way, is a pretty dedicated owner of uh, of horses by Clement. So. Um, yeah, she's got slow works. I she might need one as her first start, Paul. That's all I'm going to say. She might need one. Yeah, well, you don't. No you, doubt. Also, you, you, know, you also don't concern yourself as much with slower works if you're routing on turf in your first start. True. If this was a sprint, a dirt sprint, and the works looked like that, then then I'd probably toss this horse. But yeah, you know, I think we might be okay there. Uh, Paul, you've got the Clarevich horse second. So does Paul. Excuse me. So does Pete. I have this horse on top. Another uh, bred Wooten Bassett, by the way, is uh, not the most well-known sire, but he has sired a lot of good horses. Not necessarily long distance, more like medium distance, I believe. Listen, th- this horse has a real nice work. That pace and work is not visible, so I didn't see it. Y- you've got to believe this horse is very live. I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't be. She wouldn't be. There we go. Have a drink. Paul, right? The five's got to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, but, you know, and this this plays right into Nick Feldman's uh, theory of, of how this could be very low paying or very high paying because, you know, this is a tough leg. Now, you know, if they wanted to do us a favor, they could have made this the first race in the sequence instead of the last. Uh, although I think we pretty much know that the Chads and Clement are going to take money. So maybe that wouldn't have been that much of a 
advantage. It would have been an advantage if there was like a a twelve to one shot morning line who was five to one. You know, if people were betting into the teeth of the two Chads yeah. and Clement. But uh, you know, I find in races like this, Howard, a lot of times a horse who has run before wins. And you say, geez, for Christ's sake, you relied on nothing but first-time starters and anything can happen. So, I don't know. I, I think either you go very narrow, as Nick is signaling the five, or uh, I'm going to try to spread uh, a little bit on my caveman. Hey, I have uh, I have one one crazy stat, which won't really help because you assume this horse is going to hit the board. But Chad Brown... 83%, 30 for 36 in the money and made in special weights with first-time starters in going turf routes at Tampa. So, I mean, that's wow. just 30 out of 36 hitting the board. So, you know this horse, if nothing else, is probably hitting the board, but you figure that at three to one anyway. So, that doesn't really help wagering-wise, but I just thought it was interesting. Well, Paul, we talked with Chad. and Again, we had the pleasure of talking to Chad Brown, too. And uh, if you've been paying attention, he's been running his better maidens actually at Tampa over the last few years because he's not been enamored with the turf course at Gulfstream, but he is running more horses at Gulfstream this year as their turf course is definitely better. The number six, Pete, as we start wrapping up the, the, our picks here and move on uh, with the end of the show, the number six Juniper's moon ran a big race. First time out on turf did nothing three weeks later on dirt. And interesting enough, we all have this horse in the in in the mix anyway if it's on dirt i'm guessing all you guys feel that way because of the workouts at least that's what i feel this horse has been working great on dirt i think either way pete this horse is live i'll show his uh i'll, I'll show her excuse me debut where she lost to a chad brown but i thought she was really impressive with a 67 buyer yeah that was sort of the thing that got me she if you'll you'll see it here but she um, oh, I'll give it a, I'll give it a second until you, you get it up, but she was, I mean, she was 20 and she was 28 to one, which is crazy, but yeah, where, so you see the four, she's all the way she's, in the back. Just, I just she's steadied a little bit there. Yeah. She's steady. Yeah, a little, there. Just a headstrong. No big deal. She's rank, you know, very rank rank in the back. And then just sort of look at this move. Makes us, yeah. makes a sweeping move, which again, we talked about where, when you're, it's your first race, you're going a mile and a 16th. You're making a move like that from dead last after steadying. Maybe you're going to be a little short. And plus, you know, that's a, that's a Chad Klarovich horse that she's chasing. So it's not like she's chasing chopped liver there, but she's no. cutting into this. And even there, that other horse came out a little bit. Yeah. You know, you never know if that's going to slow the stride down, but she was making up ground on a half decent horse and had all kinds of trip trouble and was way wide and, if she can come back to that. And then the next one, if she just ran badly, she was eased and then had now has been off for a few months. So the assumption has to be maybe nah, that a little I, something went wrong there, Yeah. but you like the fact that she came out, you see that 47 and two work two back followed up with the 48 and three. So she seems to be coming in strong 725 K purchase. So for me, this one, I mean, again, this is one where I, I don't, First time starters, you never know. So it's not like the Chad is a lock here yeah. or the Clement is a lock. So if this one, I mean, when I saw the odds, again, five to one, I was like, ah, I would have liked a little bit more, maybe off that last one being a clunker. But, you know, you take what you can get. Um, <clears throat> I, I probably should have put the source on top if it's on dirt. I, I think the one is interesting if it's on dirt. Little Miss Moonlight, who ran a nice race against a Chad Brown uh, big favorite, Modern Love. It's 
her second start. This is a City of Light filly um, uh, out of a Malibu Moon mare. So I think she'll improve the number one with I like that. I like jockey. that they met. I like that they meant to put that one on the turf the first time too. So it's not just like a, Hey, it's a whim. Let's put this one on the turf. They tried the first time. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you there. Howard. I actually, I like her a lot more on dirt actually, but I, your point is taken. I don't actually have her anywhere in turf in the turf races. Um, Paul, again, we're, we're doing a lot of guessing here on how much longer we want to go on in this race, but there are some horses that are interesting. I know someone mentioned the outside horse number 12, the girl from Ireland, this is a bad post, but of all the horses that have run, this is clearly the best horse in my opinion. Actually, sorry, the six is also good, but this is one of the two best horses that have run in my opinion. I've got this horse in third, Paul, that's on the turf. You don't have her anywhere, neither does Pete. I'm guessing you're just assuming that it's a post situation or, I don't know, for others. It's not ideal. You know, you come out of that chute and have to make the immediate uh, hard left-hand yeah. turn. Um, yeah. But it's great, you know. It's great emotion, and it's a it's a turf route, so uh, I got no issue with anyone. In fact, I will use that horse in my ABC grid. I, I um, actually thought that one. I thought I think that one. My thought and my note was that I thought that one might want to go shorter, based on the breeding and based on even watching the races, because okay. she sort of makes her move and she gets into contention, and then she dies out at the end. So I'm wondering if she just can't handle the the little extra distance, and maybe if they cut her back, she might be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a, again. I want to make sure we hit the new. Uh... Uh, viewers, uh, Rob and Rob, I'm not, I'm not sure you've joined the show before. So Rob, thanks for joining the show. Just mentioned the two is bred to run a mile and a half, but has only run short on dirt with Saya. So 12 to one, that's a, you know, horse that they tried to get on turf, but it was on dirt last time for Thomas for Tom Albatrani. So listen, th- there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways you can go and breaking news, everyone from Jimmy Tuez. Chad is live with the first start in the last race. Jimmy, I don't need to be giving you crap, but um, yeah, that, that horse is going to be very live. Guys, as we go ahead and wrap up the show here with our picks, this is a fascinating, I'm, I'm curious to see what everyone has their pick five tickets because there are a lot of ways you can go. Pete, we're going to have you go first. Again, on this show, for you old viewers and new viewers, we give $100 or less caveman, just straight tickets, but Pete and Paul, if you could just talk about what you're thinking about doing personally, other than what's on the screen, because I know we're all probably doing things a little bit different than what we're presenting out to the viewers. And I think this particular sequence, we really do need to talk about betting structure, because I think it's fascinating on Saturday. Pete, your pick five is two five with three five, with one nine, with two seven, ten, eleven, with one three five, six, eight, ten. It's a $96 ticket, and shout out to Pete Visco, Paul, giving out a $90 ticket last week on the Power Picks for over 2K, over 2,000. So, Pete, great job, man. Let's let's do it again. I don't know if we're going to get a $2,000 ticket uh, this Saturday, but it could be. Who knows? Talk about your ticket on the bottom of the screen, Pete, and then what you might alter based on your gut feeling and the sequence itself. Yeah, you're you're perfectly right there because I I wouldn't most likely pay play this ticket at ninety six dollars because of the chance, especially for fifty cents, because of the chance of the favorites coming in. So I would probably shorten. Although when I'm looking at it in the first leg, 
I, I mean, I could see singling Caramel Swirl, but I kind of like that too. So I think I would go maybe too deep there because I think if you're going to catch Caramel Swirl, this might be the time to do it. In the second leg, I have the first two chalk, so that's not the best idea. Generally, you would want to pick one of them just for, for caveman purposes. I like the top two, so I wasn't sure which one I would go with. I probably would go with Willie Boy, which maybe then you get a little bit more of a price. In the third leg, again, you have Wonder Wheel and Julia Shining. Not the best ticket construction to put both of them on your top line, unless maybe you're doing like a $20 and you're going super skinny and you're doing a $20 pick five and you're trying to single or go too deep only. I like Julia Shining, but it's hard to split those two. So I left them on here for the purposes of the show. But Julia Shining would be my my top choice. And then in the in the th- in the third in the fourth leg, I actually at first was about six or seven deep, and obviously that was a little too expensive. But I just don't have enough faith in any of the horses, so I picked the two. But I don't think that I have not a super strong opinion on the two. I don't love the favorite. I think the favorite can easily win, so I just went a little deeper there. And then in the last one, again, if it's not the Chad then if it's not the five, then I think it's wide open. And I think you could catch, and this is where maybe you catch the price. If you could beat the Chad, Um, I went six deep. But again, if you're going to go short with the Chad and you're going to go short in the other legs, then yeah, do that as your A-line, bang that for a very high denomination. And then you could back it up and then hope if you can get two of those favorites beat, then you could maybe look for a better payout. I I think it's, like I said, there are a lot of different ways to go in this. I think your strategy is excellent there. Uh, Paul, let's go with your pick five. Paul's pick five, he's not messing around. He's like, just give me caramel swirl and move on. He's going five with one, three, five, ten, <laughs> with one, eight, nine, with two, seven, nine, eleven, with three, five, six, ten, ninety six dollars, Paul. Yeah, and as mentioned, I would not, this is not the sequence I would play a $96 caveman, but that's the budget that uncle cheapo gives us so we want to use as well, much of it as on a ten dollar ticket 10 times that would have been fine too. I, I, and i might i might howard um I, I think the way i'm going to play this howard and i'm glad you brought up the ticket structure i think i'm going to play a hybrid and what i mean is i think the five in the first two legs are very likely winners so i will probably play uh oh sorry with- i I, my bad. I, I, I'm so excited. People have like put, thank you, Racing Down, when we finally, sorry, Paul, we finally have people showing some guts out there. Put your pick five ticket in the chat. I promise I will show it to you. Uh, Racing Down, when we'll get back to your ticket. Sorry, Paul, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I will probably play a ticket with both of them winning uh, singly, probably, with, and then say not having Wonder Wheel, for example, not having W Nell, th- those other two favorites and then uh, try to get prices there. And then probably two other tickets with one of them, with one of them winning on each of them, right? And, and then maybe modifying what I do in those other legs. I, that's how on Thursday night, that, that's how I think I, I may go about it as opposed to a straight ABC. But, you know, we'll see what comes on Saturday. Okay. Uh, before I show my racing down win is going one, two, five, eight with three, five. Racing down win is singling Wonder Wheel. And then going very deep in the last two, um, I get it. All right, guys, here we go. It's it's about that time for for my ticket. And uh, well, Chris alone, I'll show you your ticket here in just a second. Um, guys, am I singling anyone? And if I am, who shall it be? 
I, I agree with Noah that it's going to be Wonder Wheel because of the pace advantage. No, I think it's at seven that he wants to be clever. Oh, the uphold the law. Interesting. Let's see. Where where's Noah? Noah Noah thinks that Mr. Kravitz, thank you for the miss unnecessary Noah, but he's a college student at, at, at UK, I believe, right, guys? So we can I uh, appreciate the respect there, Noah. Noah, if you were to take a test in my class tomorrow, you know what grade that Noah would get? He would get an A. Nice job, Noah. Exactly right. I am seeing Wonder Wheel. Again, not the ticket I would normally play, though, on Saturday. But I'm going 2-8. And that's right, Paul. That's not a typo. You saw that correctly. 2-8 with 1-2-3-5-7 with 1. With 2-4-6-7-9-11. With 5-6-12. Here's my thought, guys. Where's Carmel Swirl? Nowhere. Out. Bam. Drop. Boom. Out. Drop the mic. I am. Listen, you either single Carmel Swirl to me or you toss. So what I'm going to present out there is tossing. Um, obviously, she can win. Obviously, she's the best horse in the race. What I might do, guys, is play a smaller ticket than this. A press-up smaller ticket without Caramel Swirl. And then if I if Carmel Swirl wins the first leg, I'll just play the pick four. Or I might even play the pick three guys and skip the last race. That's my other thought. Because the last race is, yeah. if it's off the turf especially, I don't know. So that's my thought right now. Anyway, Wonder Wheel doesn't have to win. But guys, I just don't love the field. She's got to be a turf horse. And, and Julia Shining has got to improve 10 points and is still acting a little bit weird. Maybe she's going to put it all together. I don't know. I'm going very deep in the Sam F. Davis guys. I have no idea. I'm going to sit here and tell you, I just, I don't feel good about anyone in that race. And then I'm going five, six, 12. I'm not using the Clement three. I think she might need a, you know, might need a race. Um, that, that's my opinion there uh, in that leg. I'm sure the Chad could be a single, but I don't know. I mean, the Chad doesn't have to win that last race. So that's what I'm going with guys. As we wrap up the show here is we're getting up on an hour and a half. I showed, I said, I'd show some uh, things on the screen which I will guys, I wrap up the show. Any quick thoughts as I show some picks, as we randomly talk here at the end, you guys thoughts on the pick five or you got a thought in the, in the big race in New York, the, uh, uh, the withers or anything else uh, going well, on. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Linda Rice with her Arctic arrogance. I'd love to see her get a horse to the Derby. She's a, does a great job day in and day out. She won the training title at Saratoga one year, as you pointed out a few weeks ago, uh, Howard, she's a, Terrific uh, horsewoman. Um, I think it's a good sequence you picked to, to, to handicap. I like Tampa. Um, I think things with last week with the Holy Bull, you know, the, the road to the Derby, they are on the road to the Derby. And, you know, it's interesting how, you know, you and I are all over our guy, Trapper Trice, and he's, di- he's down to 20 to one in the pool that opens tomorrow, but he has, no derby points, you know. So in the old days, we could have said, okay, he'll get enough earnings, right? He'll run a, a second here, a third there, maybe a win and a and and put the earnings together and he's in a top twenty. No, we we gotta get him in the gate, Uncle Howie. But you know what? We're gonna get him in the gate. We are gonna get him in the gate. This guy is good. 
Uh, if people didn't watch our show last week, Paul and I both have future bets on Tappet Trace. There's a long, long. It might be Tappet Trees, by the way, because he's out of Dan's Trees. Nick Tamo mentioned that. Who I, I don't name this, call the source anything you want, Pete. I just want to call the source in yeah, the starting game. As long as it's game. called at the wire, the, right? As long as it's called the at derby. the wire, yeah. Absolutely. Um, final thoughts, Pete, and we'll wrap up the show. Anything you got? No, I, I'm good with everything Paul said. The only thing I'll mention okay. is the El Camino Real Derby also has some yeah. derby points, not as yeah. not as much, but it's out there and it's a eight horse field. So if you want to take a look at that one, I haven't looked at either that or the Withers in in terms of handicapping yet, so I don't really have an opinion just yet. Um, hit show in the Withers. Hit show is I love yeah. Hit show. I, I know he's the favorite. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm with but... you of being against. I'm not an Arctic arrogance person no at all. I, so much speed. I don't like I hate, that i, hate I don't one. like that horse in any races that i've seen so far for the for um for yearly subscribers pete and paul I, i've been giving them a video as part of the deal for being yearly, an extra video i'll be talking about the withers on my on my uh, extra video i hate arctic air in that race at there's other speed the one we're talking about the withers don't like it all um pete risco paul howler an awesome job as usual fly eagles fly for paul i actually like the chiefs pete who are you going with eagles eagles pete's going with the eagles also i'm going to go chiefs in a in a slight upset hope everyone enjoys the super bowl but most importantly i hope everyone enjoys our show tonight and you crush all those bats at tampa bay downs this saturday for the Sam F. Davis and other great stakes. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye.